listening to Spitball with Adri Ballhawk Mellows and Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. Hello and welcome to this week 17 episode of Spitball. I'm your host, Adri Ballhawk Mallows. Joining me this week as always, is my co-host, Marcus Innuendo Bingo Henson. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm good, but how have we got to week 17? Oh, a tear in my eyes. I suddenly realised football season's slowly drawing to a near. I know, it's crazy, isn't it? When you think it only seems like yesterday that we were talking about the week one action this season, despite going on for sort of three, four months, it always just seems to go so quickly. And on a plus note, though, we got to at least see the first half of the Red Zone games together on Sunday. Yes, good old catch-up in person. For those listeners that don't know, unfortunately, I live about 250 miles away from Adri, so catching up is always good. Absolutely well. Join us after this short break for the quickfire roundup of the Week 17 action. The Super Bowl is defined by spectacular plays, and those that have the longest staying power are often the longest runs. From time to time, for some teams, lightning strikes twice. As time passes, those plays and players grow in stature. Throughout Super Bowl history, familiar faces have risen to the moment. Even if it means rising and running in the opposite direction. With another super stage on the verge of being set, who will join them in a run for immortality? We start this week with the Jets as they rolled into Buffalo looking for an all-important win that would seal their place in the wildcard spot for the playoffs. Did not start well for the Jets as the Bills took an early 13-point lead thanks to an amazing touchdown run from Tyrod Taylor and a power touchdown run by Carlos Williams. The Jets did find their way back into the game with touchdown receptions from Brandon Marshall and Eric Decker, but three interceptions from Ryan Fitzpatrick late in the game would inevitably be their undoing. Bills head coach Rex Ryan had a big smile on his face after stopping his old team get to the playoffs. Bills won this one 22-17. Pittsburgh at Cleveland and the situation was simple. Steelers needed to win to make the playoffs and then hope that Buffalo could give them an upset. And all thanks to the Steelers defense going into overdrive in the second half four turnovers uh, were forced and Big Ben managed to find himself 300 yards and three touchdowns. This would clinch the win that they needed. However, it did see D'Angelo Williams getting carted off early in the second quarter. Could cause problems this week with if it is a serious injury. However, Pittsburgh got the win they needed and win this one 28 points to 12. New England versus Miami now and the Patriots have not won in Miami on their last two visits but they needed to overcome that this week. They wanted to stand any chance of being the number one seed in the AF it was a scrappy affair to be honest and both offensive lines really need to learn how to block if they want to be successful. Although Brady was only sacked twice, he spent a lot of time on the floor after plays. Miami took the early lead with a touchdown to Devontae Parker but the Patriots would tie up at 10 all in the third quarter thanks to a touchdown run from Steven Jackson. That's right, Steven Jackson is back. In the end, Miami's pressure on Brady was the telling factor. New England failed to score again in the second half. Miami won this one 20-10. 
Jacksonville at Houston. Now, Texans were in the same sort of situation as the Pittsburgh Steelers here, win and they were playoff bound. And it was the JJ Watt show. Yes, three sacks, a forced fumble, and one of those bad boys recovered. But also under Brian Hoyer's center, the Texans offense played really well, especially the run game and battle for blue. Jaguars seem to be lacking the energy in a sad end to their seasons. However, next to the Texans is the on-form Chiefs. Could they win there? Who knows? But they win this one, 30 points to 6. Following on from the Texans, we now have a game which would also have an impact on that AFC North Division title. And bizarrely, it was in the NFC South as the Saints took on the Falcons. And this game started pretty slowly, but we did see a great one-handed reception from Jacob Tammy on the, of the Falcons on one of their opening drives. Not to be outdone, Ben Watson, tight end for the Saints, also had a great catch in the first half initially ruled incomplete but got overturned for a touchdown because on review his knee was down before going out of bounds onto the fourth quarter now and this game finished as a tale of three turnovers firstly the falcons fumbled the ball inside the red zone giving it back to the saints only for the saints to drive down the field and return the favor inside the five yard line as cadet fumbled it back to atlanta the game was sealed however by the last turnover which was a great interception by the saints setting them up in a position to kick the game winning field goal as time expired and uncannily that meant that the Colts had no chance of reaching the playoffs. Incredible how a game from another conference can affect the playoffs in that way, but Saints won 20-17. Oakland at Kansas City. Now, the Chiefs were guaranteed in the playoffs, but a win and some other results their way could see them win the AFC West. Now, although the Chiefs started with a 14-0-point lead, it was going into the halftime. A pick-six by David Amazon got the Raiders to within four points in the second half. The Chiefs would definitely need their defense to bail them out with six sacks and a safeties. Chiefs would go on to win this one and makes it 10 wins a row. However, questions on their offense going ahead into this weekend against JJ Watt and company of that defense for the Texans could have some answering to do. However, they see off Oakland and win 23 points to 17. Detroit versus Chicago now, and there was nothing on the line in this division game except that killer, Pride. The game started off badly for Jay Cutler throwing two interceptions, but he didn't let that affect him as he threw a nice pass for Bellamy to go up and make a great catch for a touchdown. Both teams then exchanged touchdowns, including an awesome diving catch from Megatron, which will be in the show notes. Detroit then got the go-ahead score with the touchdown pass from Stafford to Eric Ebron. Despite the closeness of this game, both teams still have a lot of work to do in the off-season to compete with the other teams in the NFC North. Detroit won this game 24-20. San Diego at Denver, and a nervy game for the Broncos, as a win would put them number one seed, but they didn't play like a number one seed in the first half. The San Diego defense would give Broncos a headache with two interceptions of Brock Osweiler and a forced fumble of CJ Anderson. This would see the return of Peyton Manning in the second half. There was the run game that really helped them to victory with touchdowns by Anderson and Hillman in that second half. Now Rivers and the Chargers would keep it competitive with a big 80-yard pass to rookie Tyrell Williams. That number one defense closed out the game for Denver and gave them the number one seed. Denver would win this 27-20. Next up, we have what can only be described as a good old-fashioned shootout at the Meadowlands as the Giants played host to the Eagles, who were of course without their head coach Chip Kelly, who had been fired earlier in the week. Eagles got the ball rolling with a big touchdown run from DeMarco Murray, which is something we've not seen a lot of this year, and they followed it up with a big reception from Zach Ertz and a short touchdown run from Darren Sproles. Will Ty got the Giants back in the game with a short touchdown reception, but this game really turned when Eli Manning threw an interception deep in Philadelphia territory, which got taken back to the house by Thurmond. The Eagles used that momentum swing to their advantage and went on to win this game 35-30. to 30. 
Tampa Bay and Carolina. Now it's back to business for the Panthers this week as 24 second quarter points put this game to bed by halftime. Cam Newton put two rushing touchdowns and two passing touchdowns. Surely he must have secured MVP for himself with all those efforts. Now for the Buccaneers, it was a disappointing end, but there are definitely some positives to work on for next year, with the defense getting four sacks and two forced fumbles, and that Winston to Evans matchup seems to be blossoming at the right time. However, Panthers are just way too dominant and they cruise to the number one seed and cruise into the playoffs. 38 points to 10. Redskins versus Cowboys now, and we were treated to yet another passing clinic from Kirk Cousins as he broke the Redskins record for passing yards in a single season with 4,166 yards. He also threw for three touchdowns this game, taking his total for the year to 29. Dallas, on the other hand, did not really have much to cheer about except for a great heads-up touchdown by Jason Witten as he was running out of bounds, extended the ball over the goal line. It's hard to describe, but it will be in the show notes so you can see what I'm waffling about. Anyway, enough of that waffle about this game. Dallas still don't have a backup for Romo and the Redskins won comfortably 34-23. Seattle at Arizona and a shock in the desert late Sunday as Seattle came into town with serious intent. By halftime, the Seahawks were already 30 points to 6 up, forcing three picks and three sacks. The defense for Seattle were dominant on the day. They would also keep Arizona to just 28 rushing yards in this game. Now, while Wilson and the offense cruised to victory with three touchdowns through the air first, it seemed no matter who lines up in the backfield, Seahawks seemed to run the ball as backup Christian Michaels had over 100 yards in only his second NFL start. Seattle win this one 36 points to 6. Tennessee versus Indianapolis now and what can I say about this game? No seriously, what can I say about this game? I'm struggling for good things to say. Andre Johnson of the Colts and Green Beckham of the Titans made some great plays which will be in the show notes for you to see. Other than that, Colts won 30 to 24. St. Louis at San Francisco. A game with no real implications and, to be honest, lacking a little excitement. A strong defensive showing by both teams would see it tied at 16-0 at the end of regulation. Here, Rams had a shot to win the game with a 48-yard field goal, but was blocked by the 49ers, who would then see a great screen pass from Blaine Gabbert to Quinton Patton to set up an easy 23-yard field goal to win the game. Still not enough to save Jim Tomsula's job, though, however. San Francisco wins this one 19 points to 16. Baltimore versus Cincinnati now, and AJ McCarron was starting again for the Bengals. The Bengals really need to hope Dalton is back for the playoffs, otherwise they're going to be going out with this kid starting. He's an OK quarterback, but hasn't got that NFL pedigree just yet. Back to the game, and Baltimore thought they had a touchdown reception from Jeremy Butler early on, only for it to be overturned as the ball hit the ground before he completed the pass. On a plus note, the Bengals got Tyler Eifert back, and he got on the scoreboard in the first half, although the scoreline made this game look close, it was pretty one-sided, and the Bengals came away with the win, 24-16. to Minnesota at Green Bay. Now an intense ending to this game, which saw Minnesota with a seven-point lead with four minutes left in the fourth quarter. Rogers and the Packers would get the ball down to the Vikings' 10-yard line with two minutes left, with an interception in the end zone by Xavier Rhodes, would have the ball back in Minnesota's hands. Less than a minute left, Packers had the ball back, and Xavier Rhodes comes up with a big tackle to stop Richard Rodgers in bounds. So with only seven seconds left, and the game on the line, they go for another game-winning Hail Mary, but this time it just wouldn't stick. Vikings snatch the division and the number three seed. Packers are number six and travel to Washington on Sunday. Minnesota wins this one, 20 points to 13. Get what we got. 
That just don't make no sense, dog. Marcus, put your shoe on. Put it on. Jeez. I can't face with these gloves. I'm a teeth. I think I trim my tooth. Wish I had some gold so you can buy me some teeth. We come on now to our weekly musings. I want to start off with that Green Bay game against Minnesota. Now, a couple of things that I will put in the show notes. Micah Hyde's one-handed interception for a start, which was just out of this world as he went behind his back, kind of turned his wrist, caught the ball, rolled over. Beautiful pick. Again, you've got to see it to understand because my description is clearly uh, god-awful at this particular stage. Um, and a forced fumble from a kicker. That just never happens. Uh, so Mason Crosby getting a, a forced fumble on Cordarrelle Patterson, which again I'm going to put in the show notes. But getting round to the point I want to make, Green Bay lost that game and now avoid Seattle in the first round of the playoffs. Lucky coincidence or strategic loss, Marcus? I think that's a lucky coincidence because if you're a Packers fan, if you'd won that, you'd have a home game. And the fact is, Packer fans love going to Lambeau, and I think that the atmosphere there, you would want that home game. Plus, you don't want to lose to your division rivals. You know, you've lost to to Minnesota, uh, and really in a game that you you had three attempts to win. The the first set of downs, then uh, the second set of downs, and then you have the hail mary that you missed. So you know, you had three attempts to win that game. Uh, not only that, you got to remember you you kept Teddy Bridgewater to under a hundred yards passing. Your, your defense was just completely dominant what it was was all three phases of the game with the special teams the minnesota defense played a blinder and therefore i'm gonna say most packer fans will be bitter at that i think there's a nice little rivalry there they would love to have quashed the seahawks and hopes of going to another super bowl at lambeau but they still can do that if both teams get to the championship game it will be again at lambeau i think they would have rather guaranteed playing the seahawks because of course vikings could could take them out this week or or then i believe they're the ones is it vikings and seahawks go to arizona it depends on who wins out of that game if mm. yeah so basically they you, they might never ever see them even if they get through so for me packer fans would have liked to win that and rather have had another home game plus you lost at lambo to the vikings that sucks just one final thing on this, because you said it there, that they may not meet the Seahawks, which means the Packers could go all the way to the Super Bowl now without having to face the Seahawks. So you don't think it was a strategic loss? No, I mean, think about it. I think the Redskins, don't don't count the Redskins as the easy out in this. Um, Kirk Cousins is absolutely on fire. And another little stat, how about Redskins are number one in the league at forcing, ter- uh, forcing forced fumbles and recovering them? They've had 21 forced fumbles and recovered 16 of them. So... You know what? I'm going to sit there and go, Redskins aren't the easy out. I would have rather have played the Seahawks at home. Okay, well, I'm going to move on from that now and say, come on to more sort of playoff talk. Do we still favour Arizona after they were completely destroyed by Seattle this week? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Is that your, your final and simple answer? Yeah, that was the sort of like uh, sort of Churchill dog sort of reverse. It was like, oh, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay, then, well, I think let's just finish off with a playoff standings and recap before we come on to um, your musings and things from this week. So if we go through and have a look at sort of the AFC first, so with the way the results panned out, we know that Broncos have now got the number one seed, so the road through the AFC in theory leads through them. Um, the Pats finished with a first-round bye but finished second, and Bengals third, Texans fourth, Chiefs fifth, and Steelers 
sick. So who are you fancying now from the AFC? Are you obviously you can't fancy the the Jets anymore because they're done and dusted? I wasn't overly impressed. I mean, they managed to win the Chiefs, but they weren't overly impressive. Um, I'd like to see the Texans' defense give them something to really think about. Steelers at Bengals. If Bengals haven't got Andy Dalton back, no, I'd still favour Steelers getting through that. Um, uh, Patriots, Broncos. I would like to see if, if it ended up being the, uh, the Steelers. Steelers heading off to uh, uh, Mile High. You know what? That's going to be a heck of a game. I'd like to see that one. Um, do I do I fancy the underdog there? No, I'm not going to fancy an underdog, underdog there. I'm going to I'm going to stick with Broncos. Pats, Texans. That's Pats. So probably a Patriots, Broncos AFC Championship game. Oh, God. Realistically, who's going to come in from that? Well, Broncos have beaten them this season, so I'm going to have to go for Broncos. Okay, fair enough. So they're your, your new pick to reach the Super Bowl from the AFC. I, I'm going to stick with the Patriots, despite their, their loss against Denver and sort of their, their recent form. I think you can't really count them out when it comes to playoff time. So just got a, a, a bad habit of, of winning games when it gets to this time of the season and finding a way to run the ball. Like a couple of years ago, was it the, the Garrett Blum, wasn't it? Had about 200 yards in one of the playoff games. It was just ridiculous. So I'm still favoring yeah, them myself. Check knows how to win in the playoffs. Exactly. So that's why I'm still favoring them come back to the nfc now and we've got obviously carolina are the number one seed and with their victory and and clinch home field advantage throughout the playoffs cardinals still are second and have a first round buy after their loss but as we mentioned minnesota third seed washington fourth seed packers fifth seed and seahawks sixth seed so you were saying there obviously about the way the seahawks manhandled the cardinals and thinking the cardinals may not make it to the Super Bowl now, who do you think will? With the way that he's sort of progressed out, I think Seahawks, again, they know how to win when it counts. Uh, they've got the the current streak is good for them. I'm uh, not going to count. Uh, Rams beaten them a couple of weeks ago. I'd say Seahawks are going to polish off Vikings. Uh, I'd like uh, Redskins to take off the Packers. You know, if, if, if the way it's going to go, I believe Seahawks-Panthers will be the next game. And then Cards-Redskins, I don't know. I, you know what, I'm going to roll the dice. I shall say the two number one seeds will face off each other in the Super Bowl. Panthers, Broncos, ta-da! Boring, I know, two number one seeds, but you know what? They're the two teams on form. Well, they are, but I kind of have to stick with with what I've said earlier in the season, and that is, firstly, that if Panthers did lose, rather than having a perfect season, that they they wouldn't um, get to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to have to stick by that. Um, And I see it being Seattle maybe knocking them out in the divisional round, if, if that does end up being the game. Um, if Seattle obviously polish off um, Minnesota, which chances are they, they probably will, because although Minnesota have, have had a good season, they're still not quite in the same level or tier as the Seahawks, in my opinion. So have got Seahawks there, but after that humiliating defeat, I see the Cardinals still going to the Super Bowl to face the New England Patriots. I'm going to stick with it, see what happens. But enough playoff talk. We've got some other news to cover. So Marcus, go right ahead. So, of course, the, the one big thing, of course, is the is the coaching carousel. The main majority of the coaches that have gone, the big ones, are New York Giants. Tom Coughlin has retired. Well, resigned uh, rather than retired. He's, yeah, just want to yeah, make that yeah, clear yeah. distinction. Sorry, potato, potato. It's potato, potato in my book. Cleveland Browns, Petting's gone. Not really a surprise when you're number two seed again this year. And then 49ers, uh, I mentioned earlier, Jim Tonsula is fired. I don't know, 49ers, I think there's a lot wrong with the actual managerial organization and i think unfortunately he got put in a bad situation on a almost like on a sinking ship someone threw him the captain's hat and he's rather bravely gone down with the ship of course as well other ones miami 
who had an interim head coach, have interviewed Mike Smith, the old Falcons coach, and also apparently interviewed Mike Shanahan, the old uh, Broncos coach. And then the big one is Indianapolis Colts did not fire Chuck Magano, which that was completely the right idea, and gave him a four-year contract extension. So double kudos. Yeah. And that's all the coaching very quickly summarized because otherwise it'll go on too long. My last bit of news Next year's heart knocks. We all love it. I love it. Adri, you love it. Of course. So we now know the eight teams it could be. They are the Bills, Jags, Raiders, Rams, Chargers, Bears, Saints, and Bucks. Now, it'd be interesting if it was any one of the Rams, Chargers, or Raiders, if they got a new franchise in LA. So it could be interesting. But those eight teams meet the criteria, the mandatory criteria, to be on this 2016 Hard Knocks. So that's something to think about. Do you have a favourite one that you love to see? You could always tweet in to us. At Adri Mallows, at Ballhawks Nest, or... At Marcus underscore Innuendo. Me, of course, I want to see my Rams. That would be awesome. And I want to see my Bills. And just to quickly finish off this segment, I just want to come back to quickly the the coaching, obviously with Miami looking for a new head coach and having now interviewed Mike Smith, who called and said that that would be a great fit for Miami when they got rid of um, Coach Philbin at the start of the year. Yeah, yeah. But uh, of course, they've still got Mike Shanahan to come. And of course, he's great bringing back sort of franchises that are, are having a bit of a rough sort of period finding ways to sort of get the the fans excited about them again. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if they do hire Mike Smith, though. I deserve some kind of raise or bonus, I think. And on that note, we shall finish our musings. I'm eating burritos bigger than you. It's time to go eat, baby. Let's eat. You got some hungry dogs over here. Apple! Orange! Orange! Apple potato. I don't want no crackers! I'm hungry, man. I gotta eat it. Feed them, he hungry. Man, you guys didn't eat your Wheaties this morning, did you? We eating all day, bro. We'll grind these guys up and turn them into little bitty eagle meatballs. You are listening to Spitball. We come on now, of course, to our... And our impact player. Now, I've got to ask you, Marcus, before we go on to our impact player, have we both picked the player we discussed on Sunday night after watching the first round of games? Uh, no, actually, although I really, really wanted to. And I also like really, really wanted to, uh, you mentioned him earlier, Matt Crosby, the kicker for the Packers, just for causing a fumble, because that just made me laugh. Oh, yeah, Mason Crosby, yeah. Okay, well, in which case, if we've not picked the same player, then I will let you go first, sir. Fantastic. Actually, you will like my one, because my impact player was instrumental for his team. We're uh, having a win this week, and an upset this week. It is Tyrod Taylor, quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. <laughs> 18 out of 28, 182 yards, but 10 runs, 51 yards, and a touchdown. He's so instrumental in the way that he can he can change a play from a pass to adapting it to a run. Every time, I mean, that's a great Jets defense, but every time they brought him pressure, he just slipped out and just took a run for about 10 yards and got first down with his legs instead. Uh, he is incredibly versatile. And I think that really is the reason why he is this week's impact player. It's a good shout. And you're not going to hear me arguing with that, to be honest. And somehow he managed to get the score exactly the same as it was in the last Bills-Jets game. Now that takes talent. Now my impact player is who we both discussed at the weekend. And that is Steve Williams, cornerback for the San Diego Chargers. Because in the game he had six total tackles, which included a sack two forced fumbles he also recovered a fumble and had an interception and all those turnovers and the forced fumbles were in the first half against the Broncos that ladies and gentlemen is 
impact. So here is my impact player. Don't really need to say any more about that. So let's move on to this week's, which this week I'm going to do slightly differently. As there are only four games, Marcus, I'm going to give you a game and you're going to give me a for that game. And then we're going to go vice versa. So your game that I would like a on, please, is Cincinnati versus Pittsburgh. All right. Doozy this one. I'm just I'm just feeling the Steelers. They got they know how to win, um, especially in the playoffs. They've done they've been here before. So you know what? I'm gonna say 60, 40 to the Steelers. They're gonna have a big old 10-point win, I think. Nice. So which game are you gonna pick for me? Right. Well, we just had an AFC, so let's give you an NFC now. Uh, Packers at Redskins. What do you say? I say Redskins 70 30. I reckon they're going to go 14 points or more. They're playing at home. The Packers O-line really has no clue what it's doing at the moment. They've had a few bad results on the spin, whereas the Redskins, as we mentioned earlier, are absolutely flying at the moment. Kirk Cousins knows how to win at home in Washington. We obviously know a couple of people that are going to be going to that game and hope they have a great, great time at the game. But there you go. Yes, I think Redskins by 14 points. Kirk Cousins says... You like that? You like that? Alright, find me another one. No, we're done. <laughs> Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast to visitors now spamheadproductions.weebly.com that's spamheadproductions.weebly.com well that wraps it up from us for another week all that remains is for me to thank our producer mark taylor from spamhead productions my amazing co-host Marcus, as always, it's a pleasure, sir. It's been an amazing pleasure, as always. Don't forget, we are downloadable on iTunes. If you want to get in touch with us, remember... Hey, guys, if you want to get a hold of Audrey or Marcus, send them an email at bowelhawksnest at gmail.com. Or, of course, you can contact us on Twitter at Audrey Mallows, at Nest, and... At Marcus underscore innuendo. And until next time, football fans, stay safe... Take care and thanks for stopping by.